نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونتوب إليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فهو المهتد ومن يضل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا وقائدنا وقدوتنا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم عبده ورسوله وصفيه من خلقه بلغ الرسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح الأمة وترك على المحجة البيضاء ليلها كنهارها لا يزيغ عنها إلا هالك صلوات ربي وسلامه عليه وعلى آله وصحبه الطيبين الطاهرين وانسار على نهجه واختفى أثره إلى يوم الدين All praise and thanks are due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We all praise him and thank him for his continuous and countable favors and bounties upon us We bear witnesses that there is no one worthy of being worshipped except Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala, the only and the one, or the one and the only, without any partners. And we bear witnesses that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his servant, his slave, and his final messenger, the seal of the prophets, sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a guide, not only to humans and jinn, but rather to all the worlds. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ 
I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this special day on Friday as we are here seeking the mercy and the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from a Friday to another we ask him when we beg him to grant us all the shafa'a of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and to grant us the company of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and to make us among those who are raised from the graves in the shade of Arsh al-Rahman in, uh, in a day that is described as يَوْمَ لَا ظِلَّ إِلَّا ظِلُّهُ in a day that there is no shade except the shade of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala أَضَلَّنَ اللَّهُ وَإِيَّاكُمْ تَحْتَ ظِلِّ عَرْشِهِ أَبْدَوْ حَدِيثِي مَعَكُمْ إِخْوَانِي وَأَخَوَاتِي فِي اللَّهِ Start my speech with you today with a verse in the Holy Quran in Surah Al-Anfal أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا يُنْفِقُونَ أَمْوَالَهُمْ لِيَصُدُّوا عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ فَسَيُنْفِقُونَهَا ثُمَّ تَكُونُ عَلَيْهِمْ حَسْرَةً ثُمَّ يُغْلَبُونَ وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا إِلَى جَهَنَّمَ يُحْشَرُونَ ليميز الله الخبيث من الطيب ويجعل الخبيث بعضه على بعض فيجعله في جهنم أولئك هم الخاسرون When we recite this verse, my brother and sister in Islam, the first thing that comes to our mind, we think that this verse is something that was, really, that was revealed to the Prophet ﷺ to speak about the aggression, about the hate, about the persecution, about the propaganda that existed at the time of the Prophet Muhammad over 1400 years ago. We think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about the past. We think that hatred against Islam and Muslim is something of the past. But the reality of the matter is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not only talking about back then, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is describing the reality of today. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking about the fact that the disbelievers, the enemies of not only Muslims, but rather the enemies of the haqq of the truth. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the truth. And there is, by the way, important to understand my brother and sister Islam, la yujad haqqan. The truth is one. The falsehood is multiple. But there is only one truth. There is no two truths. Don't let anybody fool you one day and say, brother, you know, yeah, there is white truth and black truth. and No, the truth is one. Allah, Al-Haqq. And everything it has with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the path that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen for humanity to follow is the haqq, is the truth. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaking in this ayah and is saying, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا يُنْفِقُونَ أَمْوَالَهُمْ يَسُدُّ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ And so did they do. Subhanallah, at the time of the Prophet sallallahu they did. They spent their wealth, their properties, their energy, their time. Uh, they propagated against Muhammad sallallahu they lied about him. 
They called him names, they called him a magician, they called him a liar, they called him a madman. They gave him all sorts of names and they persecuted the companions of the Prophet the followers, the Muslims. And we think that this is something that doesn't happen nowadays, right? But the reality of the matter is that anti-Muslim sentiment, especially here in Canada also, my brothers and sisters, this beloved country of ours, it is on the rise rapidly. Just to give you one simple example, from 2020 to 2021, and this is a number, it's from, it's not something that we are bringing out. This is, these are statistics that are coming from, uh, from high, from the national police. Anti-Muslim sentiment and anti-Muslim hate have gone up 71% in a matter of one year. This is alarming. It's very alarming. And, and this is despite so many incidents that are not being reported. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا سَيُنْفِقُونَ أَمْرَانًا يَسُدُّوا عَنْ سَبِلِ They'll do whatever it takes to block people from seeing the truth, speaking the truth, standing up with the truth. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues and He says, فَسَيُنْفِقُونَهَا He affirms and confirms that they will do that. It's a reality. You like it or not, they will do it. Because they are what? They are blinded. Because uh, they are blinded. They cannot see the truth. Subhanallah, they are following their whims and desires. Like that man. That Subhanallah, my brother says, this is the, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's a very uh, interesting story that I came across and it was uh, in the Washington Post last week. The story of an American veteran who, who served in the, uh, the American Navy, in the Army. A man named Richard McKinney. Served for, I don't know, over 20 to 30 years in the army. And he was deployed to Iraq. Yani his hands were full of blood. He killed so many innocent people, uh, primarily Muslims. When he came back to Muncie, Indiana, where he lived with his wife and a daughter of his, he comes, my brothers and sisters, one day across something very, yani, terrifying for him, and that is that his daughter, who goes to a public school in the city of Muncie, Indiana, she comes one day and she says, Dad, today the mother of a friend of mine in the school, a classmate, came to pick him up, and I was wondering what she was wearing. I, I, didn't, I couldn't comprehend, couldn't understand. Why was she covered head to toe? So when he heard that, he said, There's, this is impossible. The enemy is here in my country. So he, he, he lost it. He lost it, he couldn't believe it. And by the way, this story that I'm sharing with you, my brothers and sisters of Islam, it is, uh, it is featured in a, a documentary film called uh, Stranger at the Gate, and it's nominated for the Oscar Award.
You should search it up and look at it. It's, it's beautiful. So he decides to do something about it. He's like, I went thousands of miles overseas to fight this enemy, Muslims. And they're here uh, with, their, with their niqab and their hijab. They're here in my town. Have to do something about this. So he starts searching up to see whether, you know, where do these people gather here? And he found that there is an Islamic center in does he do? He starts building a bomb so that people know, by the way my brothers and sisters, bomb builders are not Muslims. People who build the bombs are not Muslims. We don't go and, and drop bombs on, on, on people's, you know, innocent people and, you know, loot them from their uh, subhanAllah lands and destroy their homes and, you know, misplace them or displace them and kill them and you know, whether it's a child or a woman, you know, this is not Islam. It has nothing to do with Islam and Muslims. So he starts, you know, with his limited knowledge, starts building a bomb. Then he makes his first visit to the Islamic center of Muncie, Indiana. And his intention is to harm Muslims. He wants to go there and check it out and see where he should plant the bomb so that he can explode the masjid, so that everyone in it, perhaps on a Friday or something like that, when it's busy, he can cause the most damage. And, he, and he's talking in this document and he says that I knew that if I did this, I would be caught and I would be in the news. I didn't care. As long as, you know, I, I you know, kill the enemy, as he says. When he comes to the masjid, my brothers and sisters, a black convert Muslim brother receives him. Then the two pioneers of that community, two Afghan couple, Sister Bibi Bahrami and Dr. Sabr Bahrami, they receive him. And they describe him, subhanAllah, saying that he didn't want to even make eye contact. He was trying to avoid making eye contact because his intentions were not good. So Dr. Bahrami says, I knew that there's something wrong with him. I knew that there's something that he needed help with something, that he's struggling with something, and he was. Because he was filled with hatred, based on ignorance, he didn't know better. They welcome to the masjid, and Dr. Bahami actually embraces him and gives him a hug. He describes, Richard describes his feelings afterwards, and he says, he says that subhanAllah, after that, that welcoming and all that, and the way that he saw, he's like, I, this, this is not possible. This, they can't be the enemy. There's something wrong. Something is missing. So he decided to continue visiting the masjid, and the thought of plotting or bombing the masjid is slowly fading away. His wife was also worried and concerned what he's doing in his room. The FBI goes and interviews him. And subhanAllah, after eight weeks of repeated visit to the masjid, he embraces Islam. He becomes Muslim. He becomes Muslim. Why? Because the members of the Muslim community, they did not shun him away. They did not push him away. They knew how to handle him. They knew how to basically make him feel that he belongs, that he's welcome. He's a human being, after all. And the last portion that I want to mention quickly 
the rumors were in the in the community and and he was nominated to become the president of the the Muslim community of Muncie, Indiana. Look at that. It's amazing. So rumors are that he was actually plotting to actually kill Muslims. <laughs> and he's nominated to become the president of the association. So Bibi Bahrami, the, the senior Muslim Afghan sister, she invites him. She's like, I have to do something about this. I, I gotta cut her off from the bottom. She invites him over to her house. She, she cooks, you know, beautiful Afghan, you know, food. And they sit together and she confronts him. The best way. She confronts him and she talks to him and she says, is this true, Brother Richard? Were you really plotting or, or thinking to kill us? But the courage is when you speak the truth, even if you feel that you're in trouble. Uh, this is what Prophet Muhammad teaches us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Be witnesses and stand up for the truth, even if the truth is against yourselves. You don't change the narrative and you lie and you make up stuff because you know because you're gonna be in trouble or your brother's gonna be in trouble or your sister's gonna be in trouble or your buddy gonna be in trouble. He spoke the truth. He said, Yes, yes, I did. And I'm 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 regretful that I had the thought. And it's simply because I was basically fed hatred. And when I came to the masjid and I saw you and saw your husband, I saw the other community members. My heart just changed. And this is one of the ways, my brothers and sisters, that we need to think about combating Islamophobia. This is just one way. I'll give you some examples from the community. Because a lot of times, especially the youngsters who are here, the young adults, the young folks who are here, they ask this question. Islamophobia. We don't see it. Where does it exist? I tell you what, it exists in the schools, it exists in the parks, it exists in the community centers, it exists in the hospitals, in the professional world, it exists in workplaces, it exists everywhere. Sometimes it is hidden and sometimes it's very obvious. I'm sure that most of us know Dr. Alia Khan. Uh, she's from the Indian subcontinent. She's a, a hijabi, Muslim professor, a specialist, a researcher, and she, you know, has done many subhanAllah, you know, medical, amazing medical services, not to the Muslims only, but to the Canadian society. She speaks that she, one day she was doing a presentation. To who? To a group of doctors, professionals, okay? quote-unquote. At the end of this workshop, she asked the doctors who were present to basically, uh, you know, make comments, recommendations, any, any, you know, for improvement, this and that. So one of the doctors wrote, of course, anonymously, without mentioning his name, guess what he wrote? He wrote to her on the comment box, go back to Saudi Arabia. So when she saw that, she was shocked. She was shocked. 
First and foremost, because she has nothing to do with Saudi Arabia. She's from Pakistan or India. Yeah. And number two, that this kind of a comment is coming from a professional person, a doctor. A doctor. He could not fathom that a woman, a Muslim woman, not only a woman, a Muslim woman, not only a Muslim woman, a Muslim woman who wears hijab is standing there and lecturing him and his alike. So he couldn't take it. So he had to let her out. Another Muslim doctor in the community in Toronto, Dr. Zainab Furqan, she's also from the Indian subcontinent. One day she was, um, and by the way, uh, Dr. Furqan, she comes from a family of, of physicians. Yani in other words, not only that she is a physician, but also there are many people in her family, including her mother, they are physicians as well. So one day she was having a, a chat with one of her supervisors, and the supervisor looked at her and, and asked her, you know, out of curiosity, about her background. Where is she from? What's your origin? So she, she mentioned it. And then right away he made a comment based on the stereotypes that he's fed. A professional person, subhanAllah. Huh? A supervisor of a physician tells her, you must have had a very tough time until you became a doctor. Huh? Miskina. أكيد عانيتي يعني لين ما صرت دكتورة يعني لأنك جاية من بلد. so he looked she looked at him and she said in fact you are absolutely wrong you are making assumptions because I told you my ethnicity in fact I am born in Canada I am born in Canada and I am raised in the city of Hamilton and I come from a family of physicians so you are absolutely wrong. And the supervisor was stunned and he didn't know what to say. If we talk about Islamophobia, my brothers and sisters, there are so many other examples, subhanAllah. But the question that I will leave you with before we go on to the next part of the khutbah, the final part, what did I do? Ask yourself this question. Mada amilt? Mada fa'alt? Mada an taf'al? Illam taf'al shay'an sabiq If you haven't done anything in the past, what could you do? Ask yourself, what can I do about Islamophobia? What can I do so that it doesn't keep happening? What did I do when I heard about the January 29, 2017 terrorist attack on a Quebec mosque? Six lives were shattered. Uh, our brothers, the martyrs, their families, 19 people injured. Brother Amin Darbali, who is still, subhanAllah, yani, permanently disabled. What did you do about it? What did you do when, when our uh, London Muslim family, they were massacred, they were killed, uh, run over by a truck? What did you do when you heard about Brother Aslam Zavis, the senior who was serving and volunteering in IMO Masjid in Toronto, and he was killed? right at the doorsteps of the masjid. What did you do when you heard about our Muslim sister in the mall here in square one? Mississauga. An older lady pulled her from her hijab and called her names, called her the B word and yes, she was sentenced. But the question is what can I do so that this doesn't keep happening?
الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين الصفا ثم ما بعد إخواني وأخواتي في الله Before I, I talk about uh, what is it that you and I can do inshallah ta'ala to combat Islamophobia I'm sure that most of us heard uh, about the appointment of Sister Amir Al-Ghawabi as a special representative on combating Islamophobia uh, This was just you know announced by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau last week but there is a twist, and the twist is that she was put, as they say, in front of the um, in front of the tank, um, because now the leader of um, Bloc Quebecois, Mr. Blanchet, is asking to fire her and to abolish this this position completely. And by the way, uh, Sister Amira. Uh, she, she, she was a journalist and she was an activist. Um, she's يعني, يعني very fit for this position. Uh, but you should, you should read. You should read the article that was published today actually in the Toronto Star. So uh, they are actually digging back to 2019 when she uh, co-wrote an article uh, in the Ottawa Citizen in which um, it wasn't just her piece. It was uh, co-written with the CEO of the Canadian Jewish Congress, uh, Bernie uh, uh, Farben. In it, she's quoted saying uh, that, unfortunately, the majority of the Quebecers appear to be swayed not by the rule of law, but by anti-Muslim sentiment. This is after the... Um, 2019 passage of Bill 21. We all know about you know the banning of of uh, basically religious symbols to be worn in any any public services. Like you know not just receiving it, but also when you're working as a public servant, you cannot wear the yani hijab is banned. In other words, okay. But the interesting thing is that nobody is talking that she actually quoted whatever she said. It was quoted from, uh, subhanAllah, uh, just a couple of months before that, uh, in the uh, Montreal uh, Gazette. This is a poll that was run by an organization in Quebec. And they came to a conclusion that anti-Muslim sentiment appears to be the main motivation for those who are supporting Bill 21 to ban religious symbols. So she quoted what was found by the poll. That's the reality. Now they are putting her under attack and she's left alone. And by the way, she did not even start a job. Her actual job starts on February the 20th. And people wonder, people wonder where is Islamophobia? This is Islamophobia itself. The fact that she was appointed, that she was just thrown into basically the, 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 the sea or the ocean, and her hands are tied. Now, she apologized for the statement, not because, you know, what she said, because she hurt the feeling of Quebecers, apparently. But the article that was uh, written today at the, in the Toronto Star, the writer says, you should never apologize for the truth. Never. This is one of the ways to combat Islamophobia, my brothers and sisters. لا تعتذر عن الحقيقة أبدا ربما تعتذر عن طريقة المقال 
Maybe you didn't say it in the best way. Maybe you were not that polite when you said it, but do not apologize for saying the truth. Never. Because that's one of the ways that people step over you. When you start apologizing for haq, for truth. Number two, one of the other ways that we, we can, you can, you and I can fight Islamophobia, my brothers and sisters, is taking control of the narrative. Taking control of the narrative. It is easy for me and you, my brothers and sisters, to blame the media and to blame the policies of the government. But the question is, what did you do? What did you do? Uh, when, when a, a colleague of yours or a classmate or a teacher made you know, anti-Muslim comments or bashed Prophet Muhammad you know, or said something about the hijab, that it is barbaric, that it is, you know, it is uh, an obstacle to education. What did you do? What did you say? Uh, do not be a bystander. Because if you stand by and see somebody getting oppressed or a Muslim brother or sister or somebody basically is making a comment and you just stand by and you watch, rest assured that it's going to happen again if you don't stand up. And if somebody doesn't listen to you, you got to make sure that you take it to a higher level. Do not stop. Don't give up. We have to fight for our rights, my brothers and sisters. And the other important part is that we need to make sure that we are civically and politically engaged. We need to make sure that we continue lobbying and putting pressure. We need to make sure that every time there is an election, we go out and vote. And Muslims made a big difference, my brothers and sisters, in the past few elections. We made a big, a big impact. And we need to continue making that impact, my brothers and sisters. The last thing I want to mention, inshallah, my time is over and I went over time already. Make sure that within your own capacity that you do and continue reaching out. Do a reach out. What does that mean? It means reach out to your neighbor. Somebody that you have never talked to, go and talk to them. Maybe they have some subhanAllah wrong ideas about Islam because the media is mashallah doing a great job and they continue to do. Yani, subhanAllah, just a simple example quickly. Yani, a coverage about what happened, subhanAllah, recently in Palestine. They don't talk about, they, they are making the aggressor, the occupier, equal to the victims. They're calling the Palestinians terrorists. They're calling the aggressors and innocent people, subhanAllah. هل يستوي يعني سبحان يعني يساوون بين المجرمين وغير المجرمين الله أكبر this is media so it's your job it's my job my brother to do to reach out and to to educate people to show them the reality of Islam and Muslims you don't have to defend yourself just be yourself be kind be polite be true ambassador of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asalullah rabbil arshil azim an yuwafiqna wa iyaakum wa an yahfadna wa iyaakum wa an yahfad masajidana may Allah protect us and protect our children our families and our masajid and may subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us to always to have that strength and that courage to stand up for the truth and speak the truth Allahumma salli wa sallam wa barik ala sayyidina wa nabiyina Muhammad 
وارض اللهم عن أربعة الخلفاء الأئمة الحنفاء ببكر وعمر وعثمان وعلي وأنسال صحابة نبيك أجمعين وعنا معهم بفضلك وكرمك وإحسانك يا رب العالمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم اغفر لنا ولوالدينا ولإخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين آمنوا ربنا إنك رؤوف رحيم عباد الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربة وإنهى الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون وقوموا إلى صلاتكم. الله أكبر الله أكبر.